0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Sauce Radio. <laughs> yeah. All those other stations out there, they always got something to say. <laughs> sure. but uh, Not this station right here. We don't just got something to say, y'all. We got the truth. Let's go.
2: Welcome Truth Seekers, you're listening to A Measure of Truth on BlogTalkRadio.com and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on BlogTalkRadio.com or even the Blog talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash A Measure of Truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at ameasureoftruth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Lakia Barnett was born and raised in Washington, D.C. She had always been known as a leader, a motivator to strive to help people. Today she is an advocate for women young and old, helping them to realize how to learn to walk in purpose. Even while dealing with her own trials and tribulations, losing everything in 2013, she knows God had a special mission for her life. She started a support group called I Am a Woman of God on Facebook with over four hundred women following encouraging women every day in inspirational messages also videos which also accompanied by her fan page I am a woman of God which there are over two thousand people following Lakia has a slogan she lives by daily slay, pray, believe and no matter where she lives or what she's lost she's determined to make a difference in the world and to encourage women to step out on faith and walk in your purpose. To date, Lakia has spoken at a safe house for young women and for a housing panel and many more events to come, which will also follow with her prayer guide for women, The Eye of the Storm. Look out world, the advocate for women is on the rise. Lakia, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Hello, Lakia, are you there?
0: Yes, I'm here.
2: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm doing good. How are you?
2: I am great. You know, I, I'm so excited to hear your whole story. I've heard a little bit, but, you know, um, it, it's just amazing because so many people right now are going through things and could use a little guidance, at least to understand how to prepare themselves to, to work through them. And and you have quite the story. But before we get into that, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you were raised, your background, um, and and then we'll get into what you have to share with us today.
0: Well, again, I was born here um, in Washington, D.C., you know, in a two-parent household. It was just me and my brother. And um, we lived in D.C. quite a while. And my background has always been served, you know, in church throughout my whole life. So even when I, you know, went through a lot of things, I knew where I can, you know, I can turn to um, for guidance. You know, I never felt too far away um, without coming back to get what I needed to persevere through more things. Because, you know, we all go through things in our everyday life. And even as a teenager, I went through the indifference of trying to fit in and things like that and not really being accepted because I was always different, you know, from childhood into now. So I always was, you know, a loner and things like that. But I knew that I had a strong purpose for my life because it was always a reason for me feeling like I was so indifferent from the next, you know? Mm -hmm. So as I Mm -hmm. got older and things like that, I just, I met my husband. We now have three beautiful kids, um, two boys and a girl. And um, we have just, been trying to live. Live and just understand that our obstacles are only just that. They're just obstacles and we can just, you know, be advocates for married people who may go through things or whatever the whatever the case it may be, but just to stick in there because it it, it marriage is never easy. It never is. It it only gets harder because the tasks get harder. So if you can right, enjoy right. those things when things aren't going so great then you can get through anything, you know.
2: Yeah, so and, and I, you know, take us to the point where you and your husband have gotten married, and you guys have established a life for yourself. And you know, tell us, you know, where you guys were before this event took place in 2013 that pretty much shattered your life.
0: Um, we were currently, um, we were living in Triple Hills, Maryland, at the time. And um, I had just not too long ago had my second son. And things were great. We had lived there for seven years. That was our first apartment, you know, together as a married couple. And, you know, this is the value of learning how to roll up your welcome mat because sometimes you can, you know, befriend people, but everybody's not always your friend, if that makes any sense. And we Mm -hmm. always, you know, looked out for people, and we always made sure other people had, even sometimes if it was meant us not having just to help someone else. And 2013, that before my son turned three years old, my second son, we were (laughs) invaded in broad daylight. Like my husband had literally just stepped out the door, and um, men with masks had came in on me and my kids, and my niece was also present. And it was just that quick. And that just go to show you how quick things happen. Um, and I really thought it was my husband coming in. And it was they invaded. They all were masked. And they had us at gunpoint. And my husband, like, literally walked in on it. And all I can mm-hmm. remember saying is, like, playing in my mind, like, God, please let me out of here. Because I was just, I've never been through this before. And it, like, that whole moment, my life flashed before my eyes because it literally could have been, Oh, they could have came in shooting, or they could have killed my kids in front of me. It could have been anything, but you know, but God, He was there. He spared my life because of the purpose that's on my life, you know, and um, and because of the purpose obviously on my husband's life too, because he could have been dead. You know what I'm saying? They could have killed him coming in the door before he even got to us. So then we were wrongfully evicted shortly after both of us. Oh no, no, you, you
2: you can't jump to that so soon. You know, yeah. you left us in the apartment with a gun drawn. We <laughs> need to know, how did this end? How were you able to to get away, or what happened?
0: Well, it really was an unsolved case. Um, no one knew who did it. Come to find out, we were one of the fifth people in that neighborhood to get robbed in a week. So we, they were investigating, trying to find out who the man was, but they never, you know, was caught. So it kind of like it just left us in a state of fear of, you know, we've been here for seven years and this has never happened. So we were Mm. terrified, you know, literally. My kids were terrified. At that time, I think that's when my youngest son, he really didn't talk as much. He was very Mm. traumatized. They wouldn't sleep by themselves. It was just – it was very horrible because they they had saw something that most children, you know, you wouldn't want your child to see anything like that. But unfortunately – that's what happened. So,
2: now, you know. Were, it, it, were any of you harmed physically as well?
0: No. Thank God we weren't harmed. I think the, the, the robbers were very, very angry. Very. And I just kept, you know, calling God's name in my mind because I just knew that if I could keep calling his name, I can survive what I'm going through at that moment. And I just remember just praying in my mind over my children because they were crying and crying and I couldn't do anything because if I felt like if I made a sudden move, they were going to do something to hurt me. So I just try to calm myself down so I can keep them calm, you know? Mm. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was really just, just, just that kind of moment right there. Like What else did was, you
2: guys lose as well in that process? What did they take? What was the reason for them
0: Uh, them. we don't know what was the reason why we were targeted once again you know we were one of the ones out of um, about five or six people that had gotten robbed in that week so they came in and they wanted jewelry they wanted money they wanted anything typically you can get they were very just angry and you know looking for money or looking for jewelry and I'm just like you can take it just leave me Alive with my kids. That's it. So after they left,
2: after they left, and and you did get a chance. To, how long did it take for you to call the police? And um, after they arrived, well, right. did that make you feel any better?
0: Once the police arrived, it was just kind of like, mm, okay, we need a description. Um, we need to know where you guys were. It was just kind of like they were very nonchalant about the situation because I, I, they've probably been called in that area the whole week because of the other robberies. So by now they're just like, okay, did anybody get hurt? I just didn't really feel like anybody cared as far as the police went. Mm-hmm. They gave us a card, mm-hmm. they told us to call them, um, and I'm just like, okay, money was stolen, everything was stolen, so we wrote down all the objects that were stolen. We kept, you know, calling the detective back, but it was not Done. You know, it was just okay. Nobody's hurt. We can move on. We're just going to write this before and keep going. So that's kind of how it went after that.
1: Hmm.
2: Wow. So you really, you you just didn't receive anything back as far as um, was there insurance or was there anything else that you could do as an action? I mean, at this point, you lost. Everything. Um and there was yeah. no chance of recovering any of these things because, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, I've never been in a situation like this before, so you had to help me through mm-hmm. it. So what was the next step from there? What was that next day like? I mean, you know, when you close your door and you lock your door and you realize that the door and the lock is not enough anymore, how how do you reconcile that?
0: Well, um, it definitely started off with just, you know, like playing. Um, there was a lot of fear there, um, especially after, you know, the days after we were all shook up, even my husband, and he's a man, and he was just shook up because it was almost like that home that we called the home for seven years, it was tarnished, you know, and you mm-hmm. can't really get that back. I was more in the in the phase of I got to get out of here it's time to go. I don't want to stay here anymore because now I don't feel safe. They haven't even caught the three people that did it. So, I don't want to stay here with my kids and, you know, endure this because as long as I'm in that apartment, I'm going to always see that mask and I'm always, you know, feel that way. So, it was very terrifying. We didn't want to stay in the house. Uh, the lights we slept with the lights on all night, chair against the the door, like, I remember all of it, and it was just, it it just took so much out of us because I just could not believe that we went through that, you know? Somewhere I thought was safe, it wasn't safe anymore, And none
2: of your neighbors saw anything.
0: No, and and that's the craziest thing because usually Hmm. everybody is around. Nobody was in sight when this happened, and it was broad daylight. Nobody spoke. Really? Anything suspicious, nothing.
2: About what time in the day was it?
0: This was around maybe like 1 in the afternoon. And usually wow. there are people around going in and out as usual. So it definitely was very early in the in the afternoon when this happened.
1: Hmm.
2: So after this took place, um, what did you guys begin to do to sort of put your life back in order? What are some of the things you had to do because of your loss?
0: Well, we definitely had to, you know, find, Um, so it ended up, both of us, ended up losing our jobs a month apart from each other. And all of this happened directly after the robbery.
2: Wow. We, you mean you lost the jobs before the robbery, not after. Oh, my. Mm-hmm.
0: And so... I, you know, things had just started falling apart. We really were being tested. That's what I called it. I called it a test because mm-hmm. it really was a test. It was either gonna make us or break us. That's how it was going. <laughs> yep.
2: So then, what transpired after that? You say you and your husband, you're both looking for work. Um, it's do or die. So, yep. so then what happened?
0: That took, you know, longer than expected. And what ended up happening were we got evicted right after that because we couldn't, you know, we couldn't keep up with everything after that.
2: And so so where did you move from there? What happened? Um...
0: Well, from there, we had to put everything in storage and we had to leave. We had to go stay um with a family member, um, because it was really just that rough of a time at that point. We didn't have a choice, you know. So we had to go stay with a family member and hopes and prayer of getting things together, um, especially after all that had taken place back to back, you know?
2: Dori, you've left yourself in a position where you couldn't help anybody. You needed help. So yeah. where did all of this start? Tell me how you began to think that maybe there's something you can do for others in the midst of your um, trials and tribulations.
0: Well, when it when it all goes down, um, just jumping forward, when it all goes down and I came to BC General, um, a lot of just hit. I, saw, I stopped fighting for a little while because you know how when you get in an uncomfortable situations, that you probably never would have saw yourself in, that's when that light bulb starts going off, like, instantly. And I was just like, God had me here for something. You know, women kept presenting themselves in front of me, and I was just like, why are they keep talking to me? And, and it kept happening and kept happening. And I have, no matter what I was feeling about why I was behind these walls, that didn't even matter anymore. I had to keep on. Pouring into these women, women that were facing suicide, women that were facing mm-hmm. divorces, women that were facing being a single mother and all types of low self-esteem. It was just, uh, just everything you can think of God kept putting in my face. And he's like, you don't have time to worry about you. I need you to pour back into these women, can help them push forward. So I started writing. I would write every day. You know, and it will be prayers to help for that suicide mind and prayers to help for that divorced wife and prayers to help for that woman fighting for her marriage. Like those types of things. And I started to group. I just started posting inspirational things every day because this was this was my feeding, my food that I needed to feed myself. If I can feel like I can help somebody else and I know God got me, it didn't even matter. Because I know I'm gonna come out. It's just that I have to do what I you know, what I was told you know.
2: And so let's talk about so what were some of your responses and you said you started posting these on Facebook as did you start the group right away or is this just something you were posting on your own page and then decided to develop a group based on the you know the r- responses you were getting.
0: Well, after the responses because at first I thought it wasn't you know I was just posting doing what my heart and God led me to do. So people did start responding. Women would start responding to the messages that I laid out. And after that, I was like, okay, if they're responding like that, it's a need for what I'm saying. It's, it's helping somebody, you know. So I just kept doing it, you know. And after a while, you know, the group started, you know, growing and things like that. And it's, it, it's been actually a really a big blessing because, again, the whole purpose is for me to help someone else. Because they might not be going through exactly what I'm going through, or it could be worse, you know. So sometimes it's not about you. What I went through was not about me. It's not for me. It's to help somebody else, you know. And I'm okay with that, you know. I'm okay and, with and,
2: that. And where are you today?
0: Today we are still still here at D.C. General. You know, time is mm-hmm. moving things. Everything has its time, and I've just been really trying to get get ourselves together, you know, after we've lost everything, and just trying to get the aiding and the help that we needed um, to be able to push forward. And people always wonder, you're in a shelter, but you're doing this? Yes. <laughs>
1: hmm.
0: I believe that God can use you in your lowest. Why? Because you need him more there. He can make you humble in that spot, you know what I mean? Great things are birthed out of pain
2: absolutely, yep and um and tell us about the group itself um you know you didn't just jump up to um two thousand people following right away how How did this all start to um grow?
0: Well, again, as the messages that I were given, then people started to tell other people and you know, it it definitely starts to happen my family because most of my family is on Facebook, and a lot of the women, you know, they begin to share the messages and also begin to post messages themselves to help enhance the group and to help welcome women who are afraid to speak out. And um, again, from there, it just started to grow. Um, I just stopped thinking about what I was doing because if you had asked me this two years ago, would I be doing this? I probably would have told you no. Because in my mind, I thought that my dreams of, you know, teaching dance or doing that in the art was the it. But God has other plans for me. And that's what I mean by getting on the journey of your purpose. You know, sometimes it's not always aligned with what God wants you to do. So once you tap into the purpose to see, you know, things manifest itself the way it's supposed to, the right way.
2: Some of the groups that you've spoken to, um, I see here you've had an opportunity to speak um, to some panels and other things. Have you actually um, spoken to any groups in your church, or have you actually um, spoke to other churches or any of that as well?
0: yes i did I did have a event that was done um for young women um they were around the ages of eighteen and nineteen. Some of them were you know single moms and they were in going through transition actually living in transitional house so I had an opportunity mm-hmm. to come in and you know speak with them um because some of them have been you know been through a lot, you know what I mean, so I mm-hmm. needed someone else other than them to come in and actually motivate these girls to understand that you don't have to stay where you are or you don't have to wait till you get out of here to do what, you know, what you need to do. It's your dreams, your aspirations, whatever it is, you don't have to wait to do it. So I was asked to speak there at the housing panel. Um, it's a group called Interfaith um, Nonprofit Group. And they fight for housing, like for mothers like me and families like mine that are going through trying to get housing and things like that. So I had an opportunity to speak to a lot of people. And because of my testimony, they were granted, you know, um, the in different zones to put up apartment-style shelters for these families to come out of D.C. General, because it's a lot of families here that, you know, need to be in a better environment than here, you know. So I was very pleased to be and honored to be able to speak in front of those people to let them know, you know, my story and what my experiences have been since I've been there.
2: And, and look, Kia, yeah, I have to ask you something personal because um, mm-hmm. I, I think it needs to be addressed and we have to really understand and give people the the full scope of the situation, when you are looking for employment and you have to put this address on your resume and your job application, what, what impact do you think it has?
0: Mm, I think that it has a major impact. And that's so funny that you say that because I think it's, I think it's a little uh, crazy how people really think that a place is what makes a person. Just right. because I live in a shelter does not mean I'm not smart, I'm not a leader, I'm you know, all those things and I feel like it does have an effect to the point that and I'm probably not the only one that I won't put that address down because I'm like I don't want these people to be judging me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. right. or, you know, it, it it really sticks in your mind like that and you're probably like, What in the world will you mean? Oh yeah, I feel like they do. They'd be like, okay, if she's in a shelter, like, but I would think that would be the more reason why you would want to hire me because you know that I'm in a situation. You know what I mean? But I, it's crazy how things work, and I feel like that is, they look at that. I think that can affect it to a degree.
2: Hmm. Oh. Uh, um. Yeah. I, I now have to explore this a little bit more as well, because, um, it's just something that came to mind and, yeah. um, you know, it's the same thing with homeless in general. I mean, you pretty much have to have an address to start anywhere. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if it affects people who just come from an area that's thought of to be a bad part of town, it it definitely can affect someone who, um, has to use as an address a shelter. So, um, so so, what is your plan now? So, what are you working towards now? Um, how could maybe someone out there who's listening possibly help you or you know assist you in what you're trying to do at this point?
0: Well, what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying you know to birth my nonprofit. I'm a woman of mm-hmm. God as a support group. And it's something that I stand firm. And, you know, I've always been a leader. I'm trying to to push out on my own. I've had lots of jobs in my time, but there's something about when you know you don't need to be working for anybody, that is me. Like, I just know that I'm supposed to be doing my own thing in my own way. Um. I started doing a lot of things myself, like working on my website. There's been people that have invested in, you know, my business card. From just from being in a shelter and them just hearing what I'm doing, it, it it sounds indifferent to them. So they're just like, okay, well, let me help you do this. I started some t-shirts on Teespring.com. Um, you know, talking about the messages I slay, I pray. Um, overall, a business person. I I have that mind. That I will do better. When I come from behind these walls, I will have what I need to have and more. So I can be the person to help others that was in a similar situation as me, you know. So that's what I'm working on now, just working on growing my nonprofit and my business.
1: Well,
2: you you seem like you're at a point now where you're you're ready to, you know, start some type of fundraiser whether it's crowdfunding or, you know, just finding a way to just get a lot of people to to give a little bit of support. Um with over 2000 followers, um that's a great start for you to be able to to be able to um I would think build up your nonprofit and, and to do the things that you would need to to get established. Um you said that your website is what again? Give us ten again.
0: Well, my website is currently being worked on, but anybody mm-hmm. um, that wants to find me, I'm Lakia Barnett on Facebook. And then um, if you go to my fan page, it's I, so it's I, apostrophe A-M, um, mm-hmm. a woman of God, who And they can find me there. Instagram, you can find me. I'm a woman of God as well. So I do a lot of post and messages there, too.
2: And yeah. tell us a little bit about your, your book, um, The Prayer Guide for Women, The Eye of the Storm.
0: Yes, yeah, so that is in editing stages uh, right now. I had just finished, like, writing. So now it's in the process of being edited. And prayerfully, it'll be released before... The summer is out. That is the goal.
2: Okay, so right is there now, anything I'm that going... <laughs> you had from that you could share with us now? Or are you still keeping that under wraps?
0: under wraps? All I can say is that the book again is going to it's gonna be the prayers that women the prayers that I pray here. Mm-mm. The prayers Mm-mm. that other women uh, have explained um here. Um, It'll give you a flashback a little bit on just what I've seen since I've been in D.C. General to give people a little, you know, of the life behind these walls, because if you've never been through it, you would know But I'm going to, you know, share a lot of that in that um, book as well.
2: And, And just give us a little insight on the title, The Eye of the Storm. Why The Eye of the Storm?
0: Because that's what I felt like I was in when I started, when I started that book. And I am in the higher of the storm is just, you just, whatever God says, just say yes to it. That's that's what it is. Like, you're in this storm because it's going to come out to make you better. You know, it's supposed to make you better. It's supposed to humble you in areas of your life. So, The eye of the storm can be whatever you're going through, but you're going to get out of it, but you just got to go through the transition. That's it.
1: Wow.
2: Okay. Awesome. And, um, so, um, are you getting some support as well from, um, your church or?
0: Yes. Um, my pastor, um, is Pastor Pearson. He is a pastor of Resurrection Baptist Church. Um, I've been in my life for a long time. I'll thank God for him, um, and our church family. Um, so he's you know, watched me come up and I was and I praise dancing days. So um he's been very supportive in what the journey that I'm trying to embark. So
2: Okay, great, great. And are you also working on a ministry um, in church and working with women, or is it just specifically your focus on the nonprofit?
0: Well, I'm more of what you call a wrestle that's outside. Like I am in church, but sometimes it's not about the ones in there. It's about the ones that's outside that may not know God or may have strayed away. So I I would call this like my street ministry because it is. You know, it's not so much about the ones that's in the church. You need, mm. you need to help the ones that's outside of it. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so, so where are your kids now?
0: My kids are playing. <laughs> they're in playtime.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. But they're there with you. Yes, they are here.
2: Okay, great, great. Yeah, and... um. Well, the next step, I guess, is the nonprofit. And uh, are you going to be doing any fundraisers soon? Are you going to be doing any more speaking events in the near future? Yes,
0: I speak this um, Wednesday at 6 p.m. down in Chinatown. Um, It is a ceremony, and I have been asked to share my story. The lady who started Project Playtime, Jamila Lawson, Um, she has asked me to speak before the the people that, you know, donate to their organizations and things like that. So I'm preparing for that this Wednesday.
2: Okay. And um, that's great to be able to get your story out there and help people to understand what you're trying to do for others as well as for yourself. And um, stay in contact with me as well so that I will know if there's anything I can do as far as connecting you with someone. I think we connected through LinkedIn. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So if there's anybody out there and my, you know, I've got a lot of people I'm connected to on LinkedIn and um, I, if you happen to go find someone you think that might be helpful, uh, just let me know. But um, I, I will try to recall as well any other nonprofits and charities that may be doing either similar work or, just could benefit from your services. And um, hopefully we can help you to to get established that way just by getting yourself out there in the um, the nonprofit arena so that, you know, other people can understand what your organization is trying to do. Okay. And I just want to make sure if you have any other social media or any other things you wanted to put out there, um, you know, now is a good time to do that.
0: Well, I gave you guys all of my social media, but I do want to let everyone know that if you need, you know, a motivated, an inspirational speaker, you know, to please um, contact me because I am more than willing to help because I also speak with youth too as well. I have a big passion for youth, young, young women that are in process of growing into womanhood. So I'm more than available if anyone needs. Um, to mm-hmm.
2: for mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're wishing the best for you. And we're going to say a prayer for you and your family. And I know that when you get yourself out of this, um, you're going to have a lot of momentum with you, yes. like a slingshot to be able to get out there and to continue to do what you do and touch the lives of women across the nation. Um, and, you know, this show is heard all over the world, um, and I'm sure you have a message just for just about anybody, regardless of where they may be, because we all struggle at times, and we all have to go through something to grow. It's that growth process, and, you know, the more potential you have to grow, the harder and the tougher your trial will be, and that's just the way it is.
0: Yep. That's very true.
2: And when you first Told me your story. Uh it was your attitude that won me over. Because I still haven't heard you complaining or belly aching about the situation that you're in. You're you're just motivated to do what you can and to your focus is still on that you're gonna be out of this eventually.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah, so you know, I, I wish you the best and um you know, again you stay in contact with me and Whenever you have an opportunity or you just want to share something, contact me anytime. I can always give you at least 10 minutes to just get out there and put something out.
0: Okay. Uh, Thank you and appreciate
2: you. (laughs) All right. Appreciate you too, Lakia. And we will talk with you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. My friends, we should not all try to become teachers. In fact, teachers will be judged more strictly than others. All of us do many wrong things, but if you can control your tongue, you are mature and able to control your whole body. By putting a bit into the mouth of a horse, we can turn the horse in different directions. It takes strong winds to move a large sailing ship, but the captain uses only a small rudder to make it go in any direction our tongues are small too and yet they brag about big things it takes only a spark to start a force fire the tongue is like a spark it is an evil power that dirties the rest of the body and sets a person's entire life on fire with flames that come from hell itself All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures can be tamed and have been tamed. But our tongues get out of control. They are restless and evil and always spreading deadly poison. My dear friends, with our tongues we speak both praises and curses. We praise our Lord and Father and we curse people who are created to be like God. And this isn't right. Can clean water and dirty water both flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? Does fresh water come from a well full of salt water? Are any of you wise or sensible? Then show it by living right and by being humble and wise in everything you do. But if your heart is full of bitter jealousy and selfishness, don't brag or lie to cover up the truth that kind of wisdom doesn't come from above it is earthly and selfish and comes from the devil himself whenever people are jealous or selfish they cause trouble and do all sorts of cruel things but the wisdom that comes from above leads us to be pure friendly gentle sensible kind helpful genuine and sincere When peacemakers plant seeds of peace, they will harvest justice. Words of wisdom from the apostles from James 3, and without compromise, a measure of truth. If I may paraphrase Stephen King, the most important things are the hardest things to say. These are the things you feel ashamed of because mere words only diminish the thought. You see, words shrink things that seem limitless when they were in our hearts and minds to no more than just living size when brought out into the open. Oh, but it's more than that, isn't it? You see, the most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasurer, your enemies would love to steal away. And use against you at the worst possible moment. But still, you make revelations that cost you dearly, only to have people look at you like you're crazy, not understanding what you've said at all or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried when you were saying it. Do you know what's even worse than that? Is when the secret stays locked within and you can't get it out. Not for want of the courage to talk about it, but for want of someone who will just listen. Just listen. As someone who spends a great deal of time searching for the truth, the lesson that I've learned from this quote is, If you want the truth, you have to be prepared to release all judgment and be open enough to hear and accept the truth in whatever form it might take. Judgment alters the truth by changing how it's told or presented. Not accepting the truth stops the bearer from sharing the truth. Ignoring the truth kills ambition and is a recipe for disaster and makes success impossible. We all over the years have learned to guard ourselves against deception, but I've also come to realize that In most cases, you don't even have to discover or discern the truth. You just have to let it be and see it for what it is. Maybe you have a story too. It doesn't have to be just like the one we've heard. Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm here and I'm willing to listen. All I ask from you is a measure of of truth.
3: Here I come, ready or not. Frank Ocean made this record hot. My, yay, sounded better than Jay. Preach. Real talk, I ain't throwing shots. Certain things I shouldn't say. Cause it can bring me to a stop. What other doors could to closed. Cats ain't already locked. You don't mind being sold. Cause climbing to the top we Money finna come to a halt. There's a new world order shifting now as I talk. World leaders at the NATO summit signing it off. Mind died a couple thousand years ago on the cross. Had some rainy day money locked away in a vault. Cause somebody told me salvation couldn't be bought. Christ then became my Lord and Savior as a result. I moved mountains with the faith out the grain of salt. Look at all this paper, I could pay whatever the cost. But came not my way to heaven, who would ever have thought? Reminisce on 9-11, all the people be lost. Lands on summer for a tragedy, they knew that was false. Had us caught up in deception over who was his fault In this Olepo class, Bill told me who was boss 25 years before I'd ever heard of Rick Ross And this was 1992, that piece of murder results. My homie said his uncle told him all the murders he called The third, the more he heard him talk, but it was all he was taught Stores still don't show us love after all we did I reached my pinnacle with a subliminal insult I'm not a criminal, nor do I understand that talk So why you speaking in the language that distort my thoughts To him that's kin to you, before I catch an assault Or give a sense to you out the doors I'll walk, but I'll remember you And pray my heart of sorts, no frost Like December do. doing Pray to God that yours frost Like when the winter's through But it's more my fault But even not enough, I've got the frost, about to start It's horrible, To buy some tennis shoes that I'm surely gonna floss and walk around on pigeon toe like I don't normally walk. Cause I paid 150 more than what they normally cost. Cause I got mine a whole two weeks for yours, can even be bought. Knowing my rent is due and I'm 200 short, so I've lost. It's hard enough, I gotta tell this landlord that I'm shocked. You know, like sinners do, but bothered even more cause I'm lost. Knowing I know the truth, but eating from the fork of the false. Just like a sinner do, and seem as if the more of the sauce I put up in the stew, the more I get, the more to bit off. The more I tend to chew, the more I see myself with no pulse. And bomb the chemicals, cause death is the result of it all. Lord, I remember tend to you for every single thing that I talk, that I pretend to do, that clearly never showed in my walk, that I resembled you, but hinted who was supposed to have been taught, so that they can improve, present the news, and more could exalt, so they can know the truth, and I'ma add to the cloth, spiritually ridiculed, because I carry the cross, it's funny how you people run up to me trying to insult, acting in vital gospel music, it's if I'm the one off, do not confuse it, I'ma speak the gospel long as I walk, but put no title on my music, no whatever I talk, it's not deluded, therapeutic, bout to fix myself, and try to church on Sunday morning in my face human beings in the mob what the mud to a king king what the king to my god god What's my god to anan believe it don't believe in anything silly king silly king ah am my dream to
4: I'm a dream catcher, oh, and I am coming for you. I'm a dream catcher, I'm a, I'm a dream catcher, oh, and I'm coming for you. streets
5: kicking like Karate Kid, in the streets bumping from the whips with the body kid. Picking at your brain like neurologist, promotion on lock, never stop the way I'm shopping this street. But I kept it to myself I keep it on the deal till I'm writing And I felt the earthquake Shit breaking hats off the shelf The heat look a fine metals Ain't close to melt I posed mama's belt Put me in the shake She told my legs up But never hit me in the face Didn't want to damage All the music that I taste Told me success is coming Boy, keep the faith And just catch it I, I'm a dream catcher, a dream catcher. I'm,
4: a, I'm a dream catcher
5: Follow the dreams
4: oh, And I am Uh, I'm a dream
5: catcher yeah, watch Oh, and I'm calling for you Hey, call me homo I don't see your face on no promo You got no backing, just solo I don't see you under no triple F and logo. On the stage making all the masses go loco And if you wasn't so slow, you could keep with it It's like Formula One, you a stock So yeah, get mad, get livid, Keep daydreaming, I'ma keep taking shots and I ain't worried about what you do You catch me on the YouTube With two middle fingers out Singing Annie Boo Boo Till you pull your lips out All pout and bout How this could have been you too So get a clue dude You gon' catch me on the TV Next to three apps in the DT Plug and release dates for the TV Catch me over top of your rhymes Taking the TC, Bringing in five figures weekly I, I'm a dream catcher
4: I'm a, I'm a dream catcher I'm a dream catcher. oh, and I'm
5: coming for and I ain't even in the lead yet, but I'm building a speed jet. To fly past your money, getting money's like keys Just stepping in the water, I ain't got my knees wet. I've been taking baby steps since I was on the swing set. I ain't even bling yet, Lamont just shining. Lamont just stopped the way Pac-Man chomp. Catch me after the show with a pen just signing. B.T. rock, whatever black man wants. Ability to impact the whole globe, money, respect, and a whole lot of control to go from how to control to same in the skull. Well, but what do you know? It ain't even the brain, it's the soul. soul. Green mingo, green mingo. The mic means Clean. the mic means low. Either way, though, I ain't waiting for Simon to say so. I'ma keep making the goals until hey, I hustle away. Gonna holler. I, I'm a
4: dream catcher, catcher. I'm, a, I'm a dream catcher.
1: we be the
2: the end of another great show. Special thanks to our producer Donna Hardiman. I'm Michael Fordham and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words